Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of AUSU Open Mic. We've got a great episode today, and uh, we're going to be talking with Carrie Anton, who is the coordinator for Access to Students with Disabilities, which actually has a new name now. And uh, maybe, Carrie, uh, if you want to do a, a bit of an introduction for us, uh, and then we can talk about what that new name is. Uh, Fantastic. Thank you very much, uh, Jody, for having us here um, on the podcast. Um, so I'm Carrie Anton, as you said, and the coordinator of Ac- Accessibility Services. And um, the name change has just taken effect September 1st, 2020. And we're really excited about it because it reflects what we do. You know, we try to provide the access and inclusion and to, to education for students that have disabilities. Yeah, absolutely. I love that name change. We're also here with our VP Finance and Administration, Monique Durrett. Hi, Monique. Hi, Jody. So thanks for both of you to hang out with us. Um, you know, let's just start with this name change. I mean, Carrie, obviously, um, I love this move. I love the name change. Uh, talk to us a little bit about where the name change came from, uh, when it took effect. And obviously, I think a lot of students are going to be, and Monique would be a great example of this, has always kind of used and referred to this department as the access to students with disabilities. Um, why the name change and where did that sort of come about? Well, it's been kicking around for years. Um Access to students with disabilities, you know, was a great name, and it served at the time when the unit opened in the early 2000s. Um, but it really, as we move forward and trying to have more of a social conscience and and just really understand what are the barriers that students in online and distance education have, it bec- it becomes a conversation about access and accessibility. And so it's not so much about the disability and what the problem someone might have. It's, it's an individualized approach to ensuring that the whole um, system-wide um, and personally everything is about access and openness and inclusion um, rather than siloing and making, making, making people make possibly feel that they're not included and that's mm-hmm. not what you want, right? That's not what we're about. Yeah, exactly. I I was with Monique when we were uh, in a meeting when we first heard of this. And Monique, you might have actually found out about this before me, but it's almost like we were kind of all looking at each other going, oh, that like what a great change. You know, and from your perspective, Monique, as a student, uh, what was that like? And, you know, sort of when you heard about this change for the first time? I was really excited to hear that this it was going to change. I do have a bit of experience with another um, institution where it is named similarly in that it's about accessibility and not about disability. And in the advocacy work that I do, I'm really pushing for that, um, that it's about what we can do. It's not about what we can't do or what our, our issue, where our issues lie. It's about where our possibilities are. Yeah. There was no question. We were all just nodding our heads like, Oh man, that totally makes sense. Like what a great change. So from your perspective, Carrie, like obviously great job on your department and AU and, and being able to make that, uh, make that call. That change has just taken place. Is that correct? That's right. Uh, September 1st is the change. And so we're right now in the process of um, ensuring that communications and, and the emails and, and internally and externally people are starting to use our new name, accessibility services. Um, so that we we have the reflection of what we do. Yeah. Love it. Carrie, how long have you been at AU? And, uh, you know, what brought you to AU? Well, I came to AU in 2007. Um, I was an assistive technology specialist uh, for a company across 
across the country. And um, I came to AU because I saw an opportunity in, in online and distance education. Uh, myself, I have a, a disability, and when I can have the opportunity to use technology, that is my equalizer. That's my playing field. And when things are accessible and they work well, um, it's great. And so I just wanted to be part of Athabasca University that was on that road to online and, and accessible education. Yeah, absolutely. And I've been, and I've been the coordinator of accessibility services uh, for about two and a half years now. That's a perfect segue into what we're going to talk about next, Carrie. You know, obviously within this department, uh, can you talk to us a little bit about what your role is and and essentially what you do within accessibility services? Well, the team in accessibility services does a variety of things. Uh, we um, provide individualized accommodation plans for students, um, try to help students and staff with education and awareness around the impacts of a disability and also the accessibility of our content, whether it's forms, web pages, courses, um, and content. So that's a lot that the unit does, and of course I help manage all that. Um, we're now, including myself, nine people, uh, which is a which is a fantastic improvement. Um, yeah, no doubt. We're very lucky to have the resource um, available to us through the university and the support of the university and the executive so, to be able to grow. Um, our numbers have. Um, continually been climbing as far as students that register with our services for accommodations and support services. And um, anywhere from 13 to 15% over the past three years. Wow. Yeah, that's a, and that's a great team. Um, when you think about, um, you know, the different services that you offer, you know, what can students expect when they engage with your department? When students contact accessibility services, they can expect uh, the same approach as far as from one individual to the next individual. There's the equity across the board. Mm -hmm. And also um, working with like policy and procedures and being in alignment with university, right? So yeah. they're the same kind of rules and academic standards and things like that. But we try to incorporate um, accommodation and access through the various services that we do offer like um, advocacy, accessibility, and referral to other departments. And then that ensures that there's no duplication and the messaging is all the same, right, um, as far as how to do things. We have alternate format course material services, assistive technology services, also course management accommodations, exam accommodations, mm -hmm. and learning support services. So within sort of our six focus areas around accommodations and access, um, we try to help students on an individual basis based yeah. on their impact. Yeah. yeah, I love that individual focus. Um, we're going to talk about Monique's story in a little bit here. Um, one last question for you, Carrie. And specifically, I'm thinking about new students at AU that you know might want to engage with your department. Um, how do they do that? And how can they determine their eligibility? Uh, if students want to reach out to us to find out if they're eligible for accommodations and support services, they can call us, um, they can contact us through email at asd at athabascau.ca or go to our website through Learner Support Services and Accessibility Services is there, asd.athabascau.ca is the website. Um, basically, the eligibility is someone would fill out a verification of accommodation form, which is their own personal experience of the areas that they're impacted by. And then also the medical verification that says, yes, this individual has these impacts. 
Um, and then we look at the accommodations that the student's requesting, um, how that's verified, and in our knowledge of disability and our knowledge of distance and online learning, what accommodations are applicable. Because it's not always the same for someone who goes to a place-based institution as it would be for someone who's in an online institution. Monique, over to you. You know, really, we've been so lucky to have you on our executive team because you've brought this this new element uh, to our team. And we really haven't had very much opportunity to focus as much as we would have wanted to on accessibility needs over the last number of years. And that is definitely something that you brought to the table. Can you share a little bit about your story and, and how you came to AU? For sure. My story is kind of long and and convoluted, so I'm just going to give you a bit of the highlights I have shared in the past with The Voice uh, magazine and stuff as well. So if readers are interested, they can reach out there too. But um, so my husband and I were in a car accident five and a half years ago and totally changed our lives. Um, I was a stay-at-home mom and my husband owned a business and we lived in Banff and we had to completely turn everything around. And uh, at, at one point in around 2016, my husband decided he was going to go to post-secondary and we were living in Airdrie at the time. And so he looked into going to MRU and that's when we started learning about this whole concept of accessibility services because he is uh, permanently disabled with both physical uh, injuries and uh, brain injury and mental health and, uh, issues as well. And so you know, my introduction to accessibility services began with him and helping him steer or helping steer him through uh, all the needs and everything of, of putting those into place for him. And then about two months after he started uh, post-secondary, I, I sort of got a little jealous because I was really, I had always been <laughs> a, a person who loved uh, learning and, and reading and all of this sort of stuff. And I had, I was in a position where I had to do something in addition to the work that I was doing as well. And I thought, Hey, what a better way than to get some funding in place and uh do this whole post-secondary thing. And I knew about Athabasca University um, because like I said, I've always been interested in learning. And so I thought this, this, this is meant to be, this is perfect. And so I signed up for Athabasca University right away and um, started down that path. But at the beginning, I didn't uh, use accessibility services um, because I didn't think that like in comparison, it was different for me. Uh, my injuries were a little, were significantly different than his, um, not as extensive, but mm. I had um, more mental health issues. Like I had uh, severe PTSD and um, anxiety. So leaving to go to places, driving places, that's where my uh, disability really <laughs> comes forward. Yeah, and yeah. so um, I was going to be, doing things from home, but then, you know, things started to progress in different ways. I started getting other health issues. And so by 2019, it became apparent that I really needed to start accessing these services as well. And so I went through that route because I had already helped my husband with it. I knew what I needed to do. Yeah, no and doubt. so I got the forms I needed to from the website and got my doctor to fill them all out. And between my mental health issues and my physical health issues, I was, it was pretty, pretty clear cut that 
I needed this this assistance. And so um, I've been able to get accommodations for um, longer exam times because of my anxiety. And, um, and I'm able to do a reduced course load just because of the weight of everything that I have going on in life. Um, just it, it, it really impacts my studies. And so it, it allows me to focus on two courses where I would normally have to do three. And three was a significant struggle for those first two years when I didn't have those accessibility services. And, and for the last two semesters now, I've been able to do just two courses and it's been a world of difference to me. And so, uh, yeah, I, I can't, I can't say enough positive things about the accessibility services department and I try and promote them at, in all times and spaces because I mean, for students who need that bit of assistance and have have those needs and like have those um, barriers and those those disabilities, it, it's it's monumental to being able to actually get through the work and get through post secondary because when you have a disability, you need certain pieces in place to equalize the playing field. Um, like Carrie touched on, technology is the thing that equalizes. Uh, the playing field for her and as a student um, we need to use technology or whatever else <laughs> that is offered to make sure that we can succeed as well. Monique every time I hear your story it's phenomenal um, uh, you know you talk about resilience you talk about perseverance and, uh, and I think about you and your family so I mean I really appreciate you uh, talking about your story and I think that there's a ton of students at AU that have similar stories or can definitely relate uh, to what that's like. Uh, you just talked a little bit about student success. And Carrie, when you think about the work that you and your team are doing uh, around accessibility and accommodations, uh, can you talk to us a little bit about how you guys are feeding right directly into student success at AU? Most definitely. I mean, if we just look at um, accessibility as the first thing, um, we're ensuring that um, faculty and staff understand about multimedia needs to have, um, why individuals would need um, extra time for exams, um, or possibly even an alternate form of assessment. Um, so we're trying to ensure that there is access um, to each of the the pieces that a course entails. Um, so we are actively doing that. And then when it comes to accommodations, when students identify that they have a barrier, or they're having a challenge, um, we can introduce those individualized accommodations like um, an extension with waived fee, or perhaps someone requires a, a medical withdrawal, right? Um, yeah, because yeah. they're just not able to do it right now. And those are things that are not you know, applied across the board. It's very individual about the, the situation that comes up. And, and and we really want to make sure that we're contributing to student success because the point of someone going to school is to um, be a success in what their mind is. So getting the course done, um, having a good grade on assignments, submitting things, being timely, and not being treated special, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, so having those doorways and those windows that are open to help um, them to to participate fully and actively and engage in every way. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, I don't want to generalize, but is it safe to say, is it a fair statement to be able to say that if it wasn't for accessibility services at AU and, and other universities and colleges, that unfortunately some students wouldn't be able to 
a 10 post-secondary? Like, is that a fair statement to say that without those services and those accommodations that for some it just wouldn't be possible? Well, I think that we'll find that throughout the world. I mean, accessibility type services and disability service-related departments have grown because of the demand for um, the you know the supports that are needed. And so I do think, and it's it's I do think it's necessary. And I do think that it's more education and more advocacy is also needed because there are, there are large colleges and universities, and there are small colleges and universities. And there are K to 12 systems that are still um, presenting barriers unintentionally, right? Um, yeah, yeah. Just because no one's walked a mile in my shoes, right? And so, how do they know what it's like? And um, it's really difficult. And one of the things that we try to do is create those analogies so that people can understand, or at least empathize in a way that gives that understanding and that knowledge, right, of what an imp- what the, an impact of a disability is. And not yeah. focus on a diagnosis, right? It's like just this is what's happening. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think too, it's also important to for people who are not aware of how disabilities impact people's lives or um, just how they affect society as a whole. Um, advocacy for disabilities, though it's not necessarily a new thing, because I mean, disability is not new. It's been around since the beginning of time, but the certain elements of putting these systems and programs into place are fairly new. When you look even at how the UN um, brought in a declaration for persons with, with disabilities, that's one of the newest declarations in terms, like when you compare it to declarations for women's rights or um, people of color, that kind of thing the Declaration for Persons with Disabilities is one of the newest ones. So it's it's one of the youngest sort of um, just, uh, histories, I guess you could say, in terms of making that universal. Mm-hmm. Do, do you believe that, um, and Carrie, maybe I'll come over to you with this one, um, you know, that during that period of time as well, that we're, we're knocking down stigmas as well that are attached to disabilities or accessibility needs? I think that in in general we are. It's important because it's that knowledge and awareness that someone never had before. And when I do a presentation or talk, I always say, well, now you know, and you can't take it back. You can't unknow this. Yeah, exactly. That's a great point. Yeah. And and, uh, I think it's really important. And when people like myself or Monique or others who have disabilities are okay to advocate for themselves or others and and in a way that helps – express a point, then I think it's really good. Um, I don't think we have to all be social advocates and picket signs and all that. I think just by being and living and sh- and being open to share also helps to reduce stigma too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I want to move into this COVID-19 experience that we're all having. Uh, Carrie, can you just maybe share with us a little bit about what this impact has been like during covid uh, both on your department and uh, for students at AU, you know, what what impacts have happened and what have you guys experienced due to COVID-19? Well, I'll identify three things that have um, COVID has really impacted students in general and, of course, students with disabilities as well. Um, the first would be examinations, right? Um, people are used to taking exams at an invigilation site. Right. And some people are um, used to taking um, 
exams in an online situation, in a ProctorU, for example, which is our human-based online invigilation. Um, so we've had to trans- transition a lot of exams where people would go to an external invigilation site or even our Athabasca University invigilation sites and transition that to um, the online learning invigilation um, with ProctorU, which is people who really do sort of observe and, and use webcams and it's, you know, it's a very um, integrated system or an alternate form of assessment, right? So that's been huge for the institution and for students. Um, other impacts would be the, you know, our phone service. We're sort of relying on email because we've had to transition a lot of staff to remote uh, working. Mm-hmm. And so that meant that there were those systemic things that happened where please contact by email and then we'll reach back out to you by phone or email, right? Or please refer to the website. So we've had to rely a lot more on our electronic real estate um, in that transition of staff moving to remote. Um, and probably the third um, aspect of this pandemic on the university is the stress that people feel and the impact that COVID has had, either looking after themselves, others, staying home with children, um, and just the general um, anxiety and, and stress that it occurs. Some folks have needed that extra time to complete a course during the heightened uh, time of COVID, right? Or people who work on the front lines um, might have required like a restart, right? Yeah, that's right. So it just it's impacted our lives in general as a, as a humanity and as a population. And so Athabasca University has had to um, react to that and actually be pro proactive in the things that we do to ensure that students can still continue on their journey of education. AU has been starting a conversation right now about. Um, alternative ways to assess students. How does that conversation play out uh, within the Accessibility Services Department? Well, for Accessibility Services, it really comes down to, is this a request for an alternate form of assessment due to the impact of a disability? Um, that is when our department can help the student advocate and collaborate with the un- university to come up with an accommodation that works for the individual. If someone um, has is impacted by COVID, or like their invigilation site is closed, or um, it's a paper exam and they can't write that paper exam, that's not really disability related, right? Everybody's feeling that same stressor and that same pain, and so that wouldn't necessarily come to our unit because it's not directly the impact of a disability. Uh, Carrie, how many students are accessing your department every year? Um, I want to throw out a number like 12%. Is that even close? That's a bit low, Jody. Yeah, we have, uh, we're at about 15% now. So if, if we think of, um, and this is, this is um, active students, this is program students, this is also students who take one course. Right, right. Two courses, and so we're looking at you know, around 6,000 just to throw a number out there that's round, yeah. Yeah, that's impressive. I mean, that's and, that's great. Yeah, it's a lot of a lot of um, a lot of folks that we try to help, um, and also sometimes you know in high season like August, July, those are very um, we call high volume seasons where we get a lot of requests. And I know just in the past um, since January, um, we've had fourteen thousand inquiries that are. Um, frontline admin receptionist has has worked with. 
Holy smokes. And that's a huge amount, right? <laughs> that's and a so ton. sometimes people are like, ah, you know, can't get a hold. You know, there's always things that happen. And yeah, yeah. Like, well, there's a reason that there's a, maybe a slight delay, but we really do try to stay within AU service standards of three business days. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, thanks for sharing that. Um, Monique, I want to talk to you. And again, we, we just, we heard your story earlier and, uh, you know, there's so much work that you have to do uh, within the executive team and they fall into these categories. And uh, for you specifically, your focus has been on finance and administration. However, there is one thing that you have been championing this year. And uh, like I said earlier, sometimes we we don't put focus on certain areas of the university until we have somebody to champion it. And this is definitely something that you're passionate about. Can you share a little bit about some of the advocacy work that the executive team is going to be working on and, and certain things that you're going to be providing leadership on specifically around accessibility services? Sure, Jody. Um, so like you said, it hasn't been a big focus um, for the organization yet. And so um, it's kind of lucky for me because I get to start sort of from the ground up and build these pieces as we go. Um, I'll be working on a position policy in relation to accessibility services for students. Um, I made this initial connection with uh, Carrie, as well as Emory Scott and a couple others in relation to building these relationships between AUSU and AU um, yeah, yeah. so that the university is aware that this is something that we're working on. We want to make sure that accessibility for any student who needs it is available to them and that they know where to go, they know how to access services, all of that sort of thing. It's not necessarily that it's um, difficult process or um, you know hidden process it's just that students don't always know that it's there and they don't always feel confident in in how to go about it and so we just want to highlight this service that the university has available and so um, also making external connections as well um, to any organization or individual, whether it be government or nonprofit or anything like that, that can give us ideas or, um, you know, resources of any sort to just keep building that, that, that piece, essentially, of ensuring that accessibility is uh, at the forefront of everyone's minds. And so I do that too with every meeting that I sit on. Part of my role as VPFA is to sit on a lot of internal committees and faculty councils and all of this sort of thing. There are so many committees that I sit on yeah. within AU and every conversation that is had, I make sure that if a, the accessibility needs needs to be part of that conversation, I'm bringing it forward. How have we thought about this? How have we thought about that? making sure that that any person at AU is thinking about could this impact students that have accessibility needs or have we thought about how to make it accessible to all and so I'm starting to see and it and you know it's not just my advocacy clearly it's everyone's advocacy that's making this happen but I'm starting to see these pieces of conversation that are coming from others now and bringing forward that same comment, oh, have we thought about accessibility in this piece? And it just makes me smile when I'm on these call on these calls and and video meetings that you know it's becoming part of the conversation and it's becoming a fluid and easy part of the conversation. And that's the way it needs to be. 
Yeah. And it's like conversations like this, you know, it's about developing this podcast and, and sharing this information with the rest of the AU community. So, uh, Kara, you, you definitely have a great advocate in, in Monique. So, uh, there's going to be some great work that's going to be happening from AUSU, uh, for the remainder of, uh, uh, of this year and ongoing. We're going to wrap up here pretty soon, but I, I did want to come back to you, Carrie, and just talk a little bit about any new projects or initiatives that you guys are working on, uh, whether it's uh, you yourself or even um, within the Accessibility Services Department. Probably, you know, one of the largest things that the will be helping and contributing with immensely is the integrated learning environment that the university is uh, is in, involved in yeah absolutely um, really important for us to be there you know at the front end and the executives like Amory scott and just fantastic uh, people who are in support of accessibility understand what we mean when we talk about it and ensuring that we do have a seat at the table just just as students need to be at the table you know just as faculty need to be at the table everyone uh, to contribute to that and so that is the largest project that we have right now on our um, on our radar. Uh, in addition, I mean, we've in the past done uh, mobile app selection tools and equipment loan programs and research on the challenges that students with disabilities have, but I don't have anything like that on my near radar. Um, I really want to engage and be part of that conversation for the integrated learning environment. Yeah, thanks for that. And we look forward to all the work that you guys are doing. You know, obviously the, uh, the ILE is a huge project. Uh, that's uh, been years in the making. And so I'm glad that you guys are at the forefront of that. Uh, Carrie, we, we cannot let you go without talking about your Paralympia uh, Olympic experience. And uh, as a Paralympian, you went uh, to Sydney in 2000 and played goalball. And, and we were joking earlier, um, I had to look up what goalball is. Um, we'd love to have you share a little bit about your experience of, of going to Sydney and participating on a, on the world stage, and uh, tell us a little bit about goalball. Thanks. Well, thanks, Jody. That's it's always something that comes up um, because being a uh, an elite athlete was really my identity for the longest time. Um, so let me start with goalball. Goalball is an extreme sport for the blind. Goalball is played on a gym floor, uh, three people against three people. Everyone's blindfolded, and the floor has tactile markings, and there's a net on both ends. And you take this ball the size of a basketball with bells in it, and you whip it at each other, <laughs> trying to score on the goal behind you, right? Yeah. And so then you're diving on the floor. Um, so there's that up and down movement. Uh, there's there's communication. There's court orientation. Um, just just constant symbiosis of three people trying oh, the, to move around yeah, nine by three meter space yeah so it's fantastic and the ball can go like you have 0.75 of a second reaction time it's going 80 kilometers an hour nowadays that is unreal yeah I'm, i was fast. so un, i was so impressed uh you know once we looked it up and i'm and we're watching some video content and and we're looking at this going this is this is intense <laughs> it is and it's played over um in hundreds of countries right and only eight women's teams can, can go to the Paralympics and I think 12 men's teams. Um, so they're, they're picking the, the crop of the, the cream of the crop went to go to the Paralympic games. And so we had the opportunity to, to go, we earned it. Um, in 1997, I went, was on the national team and then 
we went to a world championships in Madrid and we just were horrible. We were <laughs> like horrible. We didn't get along. There was six egos in the room, right? Oh, no. no one played, played nicely together, but we, we brought it together and um, made the uh, last team to qualify for the Sydney games in 2000. And then we went to Sydney and we were, no one was expecting anything from us. And we came from nowhere winning or tying our games in our round robins. And we ended up winning the gold medal. And, you know, the media was just ecstatic. Like, Canada comes from nowhere. Who's Canada? Right? Yeah. Uh, it was great. And that, that it just gives me shivers every time I talk I about know. It. I've got chills right now. I, I, I'm getting yeah. fired up here. I want to go play some goalball. <laughs> Definitely. It's, it's really uh, great for me. Uh, it was awesome for me to travel the world um, and learn those team-building skills that I think helps me throughout my life, right? And with the current team I have now in Accessibility Services, it's very much um, I approach life from a, a sports perspective and passing the ball and um, giving people the role that they they can do. So I, I think sport has, has played such a huge role in my life and learning how to be on a team also. So. Well, congratulations and, on that. We're, uh, as AU community, we're super proud of uh, the work that you're doing now and uh, also proud to have a a Paralympian on the team. And so, uh, you know, some of the work that you're doing, you know, we, we pride ourselves here at AUSU uh, about doing work that matters, uh, doing work that, that, and providing services that has a true impact on students. And boy, Carrie, for you and your team, uh, you guys are doing the same thing. And, and, and I know for a fact that what's happening within the Department of Accessibility Services, that what you do matters. So, uh, great job on all your work, and, and thanks for joining us today. It was great having both you and Monique here to talk about accessibility services, and, and obviously, Monique, with your story and some of the work that you're doing, uh, uh, we look forward to continuing that work, and uh, thank you to both of you for, for joining us today on uh, AUSU Open Mic. Thanks, Jody. Thanks, Jody, and, and nice to chat with you again, Monique, and hopefully we can come back again. Absolutely. That sounds great. We definitely look forward to having you back, Carrie, and uh, all the best. And uh, thank you for listening in, everybody. Uh, we've had a great conversation here with Carrie Anton, who's the coordinator of accessibility services, and uh, Monique Durrett, who's our VPFA here at AUSU. Thanks, and have a good one.